572 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Hi, Ben. Hi. How are you? Great, thank you. Great. Uh, Anything to uh, talk about? Uh, Well, we could talk about the rosters for the MLB All-Star Tour of the postseason, which we speculated about a few yeah. months ago. We we wondered sure. we wondered who would be on these teams, whether they would be able to get any good pitching on these teams, given all the concerns about arm injuries. And those rosters were announced that series starts this week. I think it starts Wednesday. There's a five-game series against Japan's national team. And there's a lot of good position player talent there's jose altuve and robinson cano and evan longoria and carlos santana and justin morneau and on and on many very talented position players not a ton of pitching (laughs) as we as we speculated it was probably pretty tough to get good pitching to persuade pitchers to continue pitching after the season particularly after most of them have been off for a month to have to stretch out for this short series. So they did get Hisashi Wakuma, who Who's good, yeah. He is a good pitcher and yeah. presumably he didn't mind taking the trip home or or he was already in Japan. Literally, yeah, literally <laughs> just doing it for the ride. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he just waited <laughs> for a month after the Mariners season ended so he could hitch a ride on the All-Star Tour plane. So, yeah, there is there is a pitcher named Jeff Beliveau on this team. Were you aware of Jeff Beliveau? No. <laughs> neither, neither was I. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Beliveau actually pitched 24 innings for the Rays this year with a 2.63 ERA. He struck out 10.5 per nine. It's unbelievable how many times this offseason already I've come across middle relievers who had really good numbers and I just was not aware of their existence. And I, yeah, I do this I, for a living. I'm going to apologize if there's any clicking, but I'm going to look up to see whether anybody had him in the reliever league. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but keep going. Yeah, so Jeff Bolivo, and yeah, it's, it's a bunch of back-of-the-rotation guys and middle relievers. Mostly it's Jeremy Guthrie is on there and Hector Santiago and Matt Shoemaker. So the whole, the whole Angels back-of-the-rotation is here. There is uh, Mark Melanson, Tommy Hunter, Randy Choate. So all the the Japanese left-handed hitters were upset to see that Randy Choate would be making this trip. But the most amusing thing about this is the catching staff, I think, given our conversations of the last few weeks. Salvador Perez is on this team. He has not had enough catching this year. And one of his backups is Eric Kratz. Who must have been pretty upset to see that Salvador Perez is making this trip. So will will Eric Kratz get into a game in this five game series, do you think? Yeah, I do. I think he'll probably get into two. Uh-huh. Man, I mean Salvador Perez needs some time off. He has already caught more this season than any other catcher has ever caught in a single season. And now he's gonna catch more. Probably play probably play some winter ball too. Jeff Beliveau mm-hmm. was on two of the 
was was in two of the draft pools. He was picked in two of the really? 11, 12 draft pools. Huh. Yeah. I wonder what the rationale was, but it worked out. Jeremy T. and uh, Nolan Bailey. I'm going to see how they did. <laughs> uh, Nolan Bailey finished 109th out of uh, 132 teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremy T. finished 11th. And so that Jeremy T. finished like uh, like fourth or something in the no Sam scoring. Uh huh. <laughs> seventh, well. seventh in the no Sam scoring. Mm-hmm. So you can win with Je- Jeff Bellavo. You can win without. Let me ask you a question. Okay. I it is two parter. Mm. Uh, of the let's see, there are um, I don't know twenty five ish twenty nine. There are twenty twenty nine players going. Mm. Uh, so twenty eight of them are not Jeff Bellavo. How many of the 28 do you think have legitimately heard of him? <laughs> um, I, I'm always surprised by how aware of other players players are because they, they've often crossed paths many at, times at yeah. some point. Like they played in the minors somewhere together. They played in college. They've, But yeah, I, I'm guessing Yasiel Puig doesn't know Jeff Beliveau. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I bet that... Ben Zobrist and Evan Longoria know him, probably. They probably yeah. know him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would guess I'd guess more than half would know with the name. I don't know if they could recognize him. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, same question, except for uh, of the 28 players, how many of them do you think know that Rob Wooten is a pitcher? <laughs> like if you ask them what position he plays how many do you think would get pitcher correctly because mm. rob wooten is a catcher name it's maybe yes. it might be a middle infielder name but it's definitely not a pitcher name yeah why why is that <laughs> who, are, who are we because i thought the same thing who are we thinking of is it are we thinking of uh there's a hmm there's there's got to be someone with a similar name yeah why is that such a catcher name I think there was an angel named Sean Wooten. That's who, right. Yeah, Sean uh, Wooten uh, was a was a catcher. He was not a catcher. I don't think he. Was yeah, a... he was. Sean Wooten. Okay. He was, he oh, was well, a catcher. He played. Yeah, yeah, he played first base more. Yeah. But but yeah, Sean Wooten. Okay. Wonder if he's related. Uh, we'll never know. Baseball Reference not doesn't, a lot of, doesn't not say a lot of, so. There are not. I would say there are not robust online biographies of either player (laughs) (laughs) answer the question probably so but anyway um i know that we said that the pitching would be thin we thought that the that the pitching would be particularly thin but it's it seems to me much much thinner than previously like it it really feels like there's been a huge drop off we did we did look at the previous rosters from these exhibition tours and there were some pretty good pitchers yeah well, like Roger Clemens, like and uh, Jake Peavy when he was uh, was good. I mean, remember, as you recall, there was like like three of the seven best pitchers in baseball went one year, mm-hmm. and I mean Iwakuma really can barely counts. Yeah, you suspect his motives <laughs> right. are, are a little different. Um, so there's really no. I would say that there is not one pitcher going other than Iwakuma who is an above average major leaguer. Uh, there are there are Melanson is an above average major league reliever, right? But you know and he's Choate maybe in a sense he's a he's an above average loogie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Chris Capuano might be average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, and and it's also interesting that 
that they that the catchers are similarly thin. I, I don't know that we anticipated that. I mean, Drew Butera mm-hmm. is Drew Butera is probably one of the better pitchers on this pitching staff. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Carson Sestouli wrote a PG Woodhouse short story about Rob Wooten. Can <laughs> <laughs> we read it in full? Can that be my topic? <laughs> no, but I'll, uh, I'll I'll add a link to it in the Facebook group. Only two, only two true outfielders as well. Yeah, that's right. Which is also odd. Yeah, you'd think they would want to get three. This roster sucks. <laughs> it's not great. There are there are a few good players, Puig and Some Pino superstars, and, yeah, and Longoria. There are basically three. There and there are four superstars plus Carlos Santana and Stars and Scrubs, who are who are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Perez is very good. There's seven really good players, eight, which you count Iwakuma. Mm-hmm. But this is a step down. I do fear. This well, is, it really does feel like maybe the pardons in gridlock in Washington or something. <laughs> well, it's, when we talked about it before, I think one of the times we talked about it at least was when those ASMI recommendations came out, cautioning pitchers about pitching over the offseason, talking about how beneficial rest could be and how dangerous pitching year-round could be. And I wondered whether in this climate of Tommy John anxiety, they would persuade pitchers to do this. So it seems like maybe not. But it's baseball. I assume there will be some way to watch this online or on television. And that'll be nice. Baseball you, in November. You assume that? It's got to be some way to watch it. You can watch illegal streams of things that are barely even televised. It's got to be on somewhere. Yeah. But probably uh, not on Unreal. Maybe not. Uh, all right. Did you see Interstellar? No. Oh, uh, too bad. Thought we could continue our sci-fi movie series. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. if How'd you, you ever see it? I didn't particularly. Yeah. Didn't seem like it. The first time I tried to see it. Did you watch, oh, wait, you went back. Because I saw that you got interrupted. <laughs> yeah, I like, went <laughs> Friday night, and it's a two-hour, 40-minute movie, something like that. And two hours into the movie, there was a fire somewhere in the theater, a popcorn machine fire, which if you've seen the movie, it actually happened at a moment in the movie when corn was burning, which is eerie. But that happened, and they evacuated the whole theater, and they didn't let us back in, so I had to come back the next day. They gave us free tickets, and I just skipped the first couple hours and snuck in. It didn't seem like you were interested in doing that. It seemed from your post-interruption tweets that you were not interested in seeing how it ended. I probably liked it less after seeing how it ended, so maybe I shouldn't have gone back. Mm-hmm. So, baseball. Uh, the This is not uh, one more piece of banter. Uh, mm-hmm. The awards are going to be announced starting on Monday. Yeah. And... Um, that means we'll get to see all these down ballot picks. Mm-hmm. Where, what is what is your current stance on uh, nitpicking writers' down ballot picks? Uh, man, I don't think I've ever been less interested in these awards just in general. I guess it's a it's a year when there's not a whole lot of controversial stuff going on. I mean, there's the will a pitcher win the MVP award, which I don't really care about, and then they. The, the major awards seem as if they have presumptive winners. There's not a whole lot of controversy. Maybe there will be if one of them isn't elected, but I am not, I'm not riveted. I'm not 
waiting on the edge of my wobbly chair to see how the writers vote. So if a writer gives someone a vote, I, at this point, will be almost apathetic about it. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't have a follow-up. <laughs> okay. Do you feel strongly about it in some way? No, I I feel like I feel differently every year. Mm. Uh, some years it seems uh, like uh, almost like uh, almost like uh, pedant pedantry mm. to uh, to pick on who somebody said was eighth best in some award. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it also seems like the only place where anything interesting happens. It it's very rare. It seems to me that a first place vote can be either totally without merit or unexpected. Like, mm-hmm. sure, some years Ryan Howard wins it with 1.2 war, but you're, you're not shocked. You already knew he was going to. You knew he would certainly get votes if not win. Yeah, right. And so it's always it's much more interesting when you see that Andrew McCutcheon is left off a ballot or um, like uh, Marco Scudero is, is on a ballot for playing eight games or something like that. Which will probably, I mean, that happens every year, right? Mm-hmm. It's not exaggerating. Marco Scudero, mm-hmm. that's not a straw man. I didn't just use a horribly <laughs> exaggerated straw man. Um, so, and I don't know. I can never decide. It feels like I know that tomorrow, once they start coming out, people will immediately start gravitating toward the, um, toward the ninth spot in people's ballots, and then people will immediately start being. Uh, mad at those people for doing it, and so I just wondered if you had a take. Eh, no. Yeah. Marco Scudero, no MVP votes. In his uh, career? No. Nope. I guess I'll be interested in the Marcakis watch, although it looks like <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty safe. Mm-hmm. All right, so Ben, mm. I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. There are uh, there are World Series odds for 2015 right now. Uh-huh. Uh, you could, if you wanted to, you could bet on a baseball team to, mm-hmm. to win the World Series next year. Mm-hmm. And there will also be odds to win the World Series um, that will be offered when the season is about, about to start. You could wait until the night before the season starts. And then you could look at the odds and you could also then bet on a team to win the World Series. And in the next four months, in those four months, some of these teams' odds will change. And... Mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated to see the the lines side by side. I guess not the lines, the odds side by side to see which teams change the most for sometimes very obvious reasons, for sometimes reasons that you can't quite intuit, and sometimes um, for reasons that are in the middle. And so I have a question for you. I have a sort of a hypothetical question. If, if you had to bet, uh, you know, a thousand dollars, if somebody staked you a thousand dollars and said that they wanted you to bet on the 2015 World Series winner. Would you rather use the odds that are currently out there, mm. or would you rather wait until the day before the season and bet on those odds? Bet with those odds. Yeah, I, I just looking at the odds which you sent me earlier, and we'll put a link somewhere if you wanna if you wanna look. To be in the Facebook group somewhere, or take a screenshot maybe because they'll probably change all the time. The Not, they it, hardly change. Uh huh. Okay. Well, it seems like they're are some ones here that I would disagree with that maybe are based on overreactions to buzz about the offseason that I wonder whether once the actual offseason has happened and moves have been made or not made, maybe they will 
become less, uh, I mean, less promising opportunities. I mean, they're, I'm talking about the Cubs partially. The the Cubs right now have 16 to one odds to be the world series winner next year. That is the seventh best, the seventh best odds in baseball. And that is entirely based on, I mean, there are reasons to expect the Cubs to improve. Of course. I, I mean, they brought up all those young guys, those Young guys maybe will be better than they were, so I I get it. But seventh best, that seems like it's based on enthusiasm about Joe Madden and enthusiasm about the Cubs being rumored to sign every free agent. And maybe they actually will sign every free agent, I don't know. But I can't imagine their odds being better than this if they actually do sign every free agent. And maybe they won't sign every free agent, in which case their odds might fall. So... In their case, at least, it seems like this is based on buzz about things that haven't exactly happened yet, or or in part, at least. And I, I wonder, I mean, I would guess that maybe the team that goes on an offseason spending spree every year is potentially a, I mean, if you could short their odds somehow, maybe that would be good, just because... People are thinking about all the new exciting free agents and all the money they spent and maybe overlooking some of the weaknesses that they were trying to cover up. And the Cubs now are like a pre pre hype sleeper or something. They haven't they haven't done the things that the market is forecasting them to do yet. So I would take their odds now if I if I could short their odds somehow, I would take that now over March 30th or whatever. But all betting, Ben, all betting is betting on things that haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's what this sort of theoretically is 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 uh, is gathering. It's gathering this intelligence of what is likely to happen. It's uh, it's saying mm-hmm. that they think that there is some chance. I guess what I guess you could still object to it. You could still say it's too bullish because right. So imagine they signed. What is so they the sign Lester and they signed. Martin and like, be, like, like realistically, let's say that they spent, um, they signed, I don't know, let's say they signed, spent $75 million more on next year's payroll. So they get Lester, Scherzer, and uh, Russell Martin. Uh-huh. And, and then maybe like a, a you know, roll, like a, like a roll six reliever or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then what are they the favorites in the central in that scenario? I mean, how, how maybe. We go. I, I mean, I can't imagine them being any higher than 16 to 1 odds. I mean, the, the Cardinals right now are 14 to 1. And I don't, I mean, I, I certainly see the case for how they would improve and maybe be a team that could compete. I, I see that completely. But they are, that's counting on a lot of things to go right. That's counting on Javier Baez making contact occasionally and, and, Bryant coming up and being good, which maybe he will, but, you know, and Al- Alcantara hitting a little bit and all sorts of things. And they hardly had a pitching staff last year, a starting rotation other than Arietta. So it's hard to go from whatever they were, a Pythagorean record-wise, a 71-win team. It's hard to improve 20 wins in an offseason, which is what they would have to do to be the favorites in that division or, or to be even, even with St. Louis maybe. So that's a lot to do. Even if you did sign two or three of the best free agents, I have a hard time imagining them being 
favorites, clear favorites over the Cardinals. Yeah, and just to put it in perspective, I mean, the Cubs had about the same year that the Red Sox have had, and they had a worse year than the Yankees had. And um, I assume that in odds, pre, pre-offseason pre odds like this, there is also a heavy presumption that those two teams are going to spend a lot mm-hmm. in the offseason. And neither one is given as good of odds as the Cubs. The Red Sox are 18 to 1. The Yankees are 20 to 1. Assuming that there is similar, uh, that there is a similar benefit given given to both of those teams, do they strike you as too high based on the presumption of offseason activity? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I I keep looking at the Rays, the Rays odds 50 to 1. I mean, they are down near the bottom. They're like the eighth lowest odds, or yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, and. I I would have thought that the Rays would be as safe a bet as, as the Red Sox almost. I mean, maybe they won't spend as much, but based on what they have and how good they were, and maybe that is like they just lost Friedman, they just lost Madden, panic in Tampa Bay, they're losing all the brain trust, and maybe that is kind of overreacting given the talent that they still have on that team. So it, it seems... A little bit much to me that the Red Sox and the Yankees would be that high, that they would be, I mean, the the A's have the same odds as the Yankees, and I don't know, I guess I guess they're in a reasonable range, given, given that they're the Yankees and they will spend on something, but the Red Sox, it's a little high. I mean, it's it's betting that they will do a ton this winter, and that's a safe enough bet. But I, I don't know, might be a little bit optimistic. So you haven't actually answered my question. My question was, would you rather bet on the odds that um, are based on an off-season unknown as well as you know the yeah. unknown regular season? So that's basically, like, you, am, am I more confident that I can out-predict Vegas? Exactly. <laughs> that I can out-predict the off-season? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, everyone who listens to us knows, I think, that we're not confident that we can predict anything. But I I kind of think so, but I don't really have a, a whole lot of basis for thinking so. It's not like I think I can predict where free agents go or anything. So, eh, it, probably not a big difference, I guess. All right, so here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a abbreviated game draft. We're each... <laughs> We're each going to pick five teams alternating, and you're going to say of your team higher or lower, and uh-huh. if their odds get better between now and the offseason, then you get credit for that. Between now and opening day? Uh, yeah, be, I'm sorry, between now and opening day, then you get credit for that. And uh, if they get worse, it counts against you. If they stay the same, it stays the same. But the goal is to have as much uh, cumulative absolute change as you can for your five teams. So what you are basically betting on right now, what you are guessing, is who is going to have an offseason that uh, beats Vegas, basically. So not not a season. The season doesn't matter. Whether you mm-hmm. think that they're a good bet or a bad bet on opening day is totally irrelevant. All you're asking is, are they a good bet or a bad bet right now? If you could sort of bet against the opening day line, that's what you're doing, okay? Okay. You got it? <laughs> All right. You're good to go. And of okay. course, I should just I should just say that, that one thing that this is going to one thing that moves the line is certainly the moves that a team makes. Another thing that moves the line is the moves that a team's competitors make. 
Mm-hmm. And a third thing that moves the line is, you know, just who knows, public perception about a team. Some, you know, maybe a team gets trendy. Maybe, uh, you know, the projection systems all come out and say that, you know, they're going to be really good or really bad. I, who knows? But mm-hmm. uh, so it's not just what they do in the offseason. So yeah. mm-hmm. you can pick first because it's my dumb game. <laughs> all right. Um, I will take, I guess I'll take the Rangers. Rangers at, at uh, oh, so we can do up or down, huh? You, you have to do I up can, or down. I can choose. You can choose. You have to choose up or down. You only get credit if it goes your way. And mm. and once you choose, if you say the Rangers up, then I can't choose the Rangers up, but I can change the Rangers. I can choose the Rangers down if I want. Uh-huh. So you basically have 60 choices here. Interesting. Okay. In that case, uh, hmm, I think I will take, and I feel like I'm going to take some, some downs. I think maybe I'll take the Giants down. Okay. Giants are at 12 to 1 right now. They have the fifth best odds. So, so if they them. lost Sandoval uh-huh. and, um, you know, PV and Morse and Romo and didn't replace them. Yeah, or just if maybe just, like the, yep. the World Series halo effect wears off a little bit and te- people yeah. start looking at their weaknesses and not thinking of them as the champion who can't be beaten. Or if Madison Bumgarner showed up to spring training and had a UCL strain. Sure. Sprain, uh-huh. for instance. Mm-hmm. All right, so you have the Giants. You're going down with the Giants. And so, uh, okay, we'll figure out how to do the math because I don't know how we'll actually... <laughs> tally the what changes but okay so giants going down i'll take the um i'll take the marlins going up okay uh-huh and they're, what are the marlins at, right now they're at 50 to 1 right now which uh there are five teams at 100 to 1 and then the padres are at 75 to 1 and then the marlins are tied with, with the rays and the brewers mm-hmm. rays and the brewers yeah yeah um okay well then i will i guess i'll take the rays going up since i just made that case mm-hmm uh okay, I will. Who's who's Lee? I get huh. I guess I will take the. Uh, well, the Rockies can't go down really. <laughs> no, they, they're at hundred one. I really don't know. Who's they, maybe they could go down. They probably should go down. I really have no idea who's getting traded this offseason, Ben. I know. Like I don't know who's on the who's on the block. Who's on the market trade wise. Ken Rosenthal wrote an article about the top 10 tra- trade candidates, but I have not yet read it. Ah. He also read. He also wrote that the Rockies are willing to listen on on their their guys, their their tradable commodities. Which willing to listen, I think, in almost any context, is one of the most useless rumor for- formulations because that is just the default state of every front office is that they are willing to listen and then they will decline if they don't like what they hear. So I'm sure the Rockies, even the Rockies were probably willing to listen before they declined before. Maybe they're more willing to listen. Maybe they're more receptive now. I don't know what the, what the more responsible way to phrase that rumor is, but whenever I see that one, it strikes me as one of the least helpful. Yeah. I, and I, I can't imagine uh, how it passes any newsworthy test. I, I it, guess it does. <laughs> Evidently, have, I've seen it many times. Yeah, you have to know how it's phrased to the reporter, and you have to sort of trust that the reporter is 
convinced that there's something to it. But if there's something to it, it should be worded slightly differently. Right. Like, that if, like if, if they want making, to trade the guy or like if they're making call, if they're soliciting offers, yeah. that's different than just sort of passively willingness. Right. Uh, willing to. All right. I'll say the uh, I'll I'll say the Yankees going up. They're at twenty to one right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, hmm. See, I want to, I want to take the Cubs going down because I feel like they should probably, but I I don't know whether their odds actually will go down because I do expect them to be active this winter. But eh, I'll take Cubs going down just because it seems impossible that they could go up, and maybe they will go down. So Cubs down. All right, I'll take the um. Uh, I'll take the, she's uh, Rangers, not Rangers, uh, the Reds going down. Hmm. Okay. They're at 33 to one, which is tied with the Rangers, the Blue Jays and the Mets. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I picked that. Yeah. It seems, seems reasonable for me to me, the Reds range. I kind of thought the Reds would be better than they were this past year. So, um, all right. I'll take Tigers down, I okay. think. They're third at 10 to 1 right now. And who knows? Cabrera, maybe he's not ready for opening day. Maybe they lose Scherzer. Maybe other stuff happens. So maybe they don't fix their bullpen to the market's satisfaction. So Tigers down. I'll take the Astros up. Hmm. Okay. They're at, they're at 100 to 1. I don't think that they'll go down. So I think I have like uh, very little risk here. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they did sign two pretty good players, they could get to where the Padres are, right? That's yeah, I would fun. say they they have a better shot to go up than any of the other 100 to 1 teams. Except maybe the Phillies. Mm. Probably. <laughs> maybe. Okay. All right. So this is my last pick. Huh. Uh, nothing really jumps out at me, but I think I'll take, hmm, I want to take either the Mets or the Rangers. Uh, I'll say, I'll say Mets go up, I think. They're 33 to 1. I like their pitching staff. Maybe if they make a couple trades and get a position player. Maybe David Wright's healthy. Who knows? Mets up. I'll take uh, then if the Mets are going up, I'll say the Braves go down. They're okay. Twenty-five to one. Uh-huh. All right. So All there right. we go. Five teams each. I'm surprised neither of us took the Rangers to do something, but then you were you were not high on on the Rangers the last time we talked about them. Uh, that's totally irrelevant to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. <laughs> maybe i need to explain this again and we need to do this over uh-huh. well, uh, well. i would i i thought about the rangers but I, you had said them early and i didn't want to sound like i was copying them. <laughs> okay uh all right um so let me ask you one more thing and because this is all about uh pre-season pre-off-season expectations versus post-off-season expectations i imagine that you and i would predict uh, would pick five of the same six division winners Right now, mm. uh, my guess is that we would both say the Tigers, the Angels, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Nationals. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Is there is there 
really any realistic scenario. Obviously, there are teams sometimes break one way or the other in unexpected ways in an offseason. But is there really any realistic scenario you see where any of those five teams is not your preseason favorite in four months? Hmm. Uh, and I yes, if Wainwright had Tommy John surgery, something like that. But I'm thinking more: are there moves that their competitors could make? Because none mm-hmm. of them are going to be none is going to be selling. Yeah. Uh, let's say they all mostly stand pat. You know, re-sign some of their guys, replace a couple of their guys. Basically, don't change their outlook. Maybe get a little worse. Is there anything that any of their competitors could do that you think would put them above any of those five teams? It's hard to imagine. I could. Particularly in the NL, I mean, the Dodgers seem pretty set in the favorite spot. The Nationals, I mean, I I like the Braves kind of, and I like the Marlins, and I like the Mets, but the Nationals still seem a cut above them. I guess I could imagine maybe the Angels slipping, possibly if Seattle had an active offseason, maybe, maybe they could get there. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, they all seem... Seem pretty secure. I'd be surprised if I change my mind in the next few months. Nope. Me too. Mm-hmm. End okay. of the show. <laughs> All right. So we need your questions for Wednesday's listener email show. So please send us some at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Please join the Facebook group if you want to check out the links that I said I would post there at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. And please support the podcast by rating and reviewing us and subscribing to us on iTunes and also by supporting our sponsor by going to baseballreference.com, subscribing to the Play Index, and using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We will be back on Wednesday.